Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, we share french fries with Meryl Streep. Female directors get the recognition they deserve. We see you, Greta. We see ya. And I'm wearing a velvet cape in quarantine. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Beaver Talk. Diana. Hi, Erin. How are you? I am good. I've set up some mood lighting for the podcast. Excuse me? What are you um, going on over there? I, I just plugged in some twinkle lights because my room oh. is so bright. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a bright bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I poured some wine. I poured a big glass. I needed a lot of wine tonight. I haven't really been drinking, but I was like, I need a lot of wine. Oh. Um, And I'm drinking out of a double-double toil and trouble Halloween goblet thing that my mother has. Oh, my God. That sounds incredible. And also sounds very, like, yeah, on brand with Mary Alice and what she would have in her house in the best way. It is spooky over here. How are you? What's going on? (laughs) I mean, you know, how is any of us doing these days? I'm uh, just holding the mic because, um, you know, we're doing this on the fly and... Most sound recording people, I'm sure, would be yelling at me right now for holding the mic, but this is where we're at. And I wish I had a big glass of wine, but I've gone through three bottles in the last week, so I need to curtail my (laughs) wine habit. (laughs) You went the other way. Yeah, I basically just go from coffee to wine, you know, in a Mm -hmm. day. Sure. Um, It feels a little like Christmas vacation in that sense, um, where you're just kind of like never having water. You're just drinking all the I was thinking that too. I was like, am I drinking more wine than water today? I feel like I would never have any water. I really need to get on it. Oh, 100%. I went like till 2.30 p.m. the other day, not having had a single glass of water. And I was like, okay. I do that all the time with the baby. I'm just like, is it five? Have I had water? It's like, mm. And yeah. it's funny. She drinks it all day long. Like she's obsessed with water. Well, it should really good. be a reminder to me, but it's not. You got to put your own mask on first, Erin. Yeah, I hate that saying, but okay. <laughs> I hate the way it's been. Yeah. Yeah. It's been been like appropriated to make us all feel terrible. I think it's so. I think so. I've, I've written about it before on my Instagram, just like in a rage about, especially when it comes to motherhood, because that's like actually not, you actually don't do that. You know, when a baby is screaming at four in the morning, you don't go, you know what, for me, I need to put my mask on. (laughs) I'm going to go back to sleep. It's like, (laughs) now actually what happens? (laughs) Your baby would die. Right. That's, so yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of bullshit. Fair. Letting the wine sink right in. Hello, here we are. Toil, boil, boil, toil and trouble. We've got Aaron coming up, <laughs> coming in hot. Yeah. How's oh your God. How's your week been? A Christmas vacation? Absolutely not. But um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like I am terrified to go outside, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous, and I realize not a rational fear. Um, but it's, it remains regardless. And, I mean, uh, when they're putting up, you know, hospitals in the, in Central Park, I don't blame you. Yeah. I'm just like, I go out to get the mail and I feel like I'm covered in germs, which is like not, 
that's anxiety speaking, but, um, my upstairs neighbors have gone. Um, and so we get to like sit on our stoop under this like beautiful cherry tree, which Mm. is really nice. And, you know, it feels safe and it feels like fine to do that. And so I'm kind of like making myself go out on our little front porch every once in a while just to get some fresh air, but, um, not going any further than that, unfortunately, (laughs) like most people. I know it's like, it's tough to know like what's, what feels good. And then I hear you on the anxiety of feeling like, Ooh, should I even be here? You know, I feel like that every time I go to the grocery store, I feel like I have a panic attack. I'm sure. And I see you taking Jenny out for walks too. And I'm like, just so in awe of you gals. It's awesome. Well, there's no one here, so it's pretty safe to just walk around. And I mean, that's why we're here. So she can't run in into anybody. Anything else going on there that you want to touch on or share? No, I mean, I think it's like, here we are. And um, the situation definitely continues to evolve week by week, day by day, it seems. So yeah, I think we're all just kind of hanging in. Totally. Um, Well, we thank our Bettys for joining us on this, you know, little ride we're taking together. And I hope that they're finding a bit of a break from, you know, their day to days to dive into a beautiful film like Little Women. Oh my God, this movie. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. I know. I feel like I have so many thoughts and feelings, but I think like I need like a bit of a, like, where, where did you come to this movie from? Like, what's your relationship to little women? Like, where are we, where are we entering the film from? Cause I know it means a lot to a lot of different people. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely not one of those people. <laughs> I came to this movie um, not having read the book, not having seen the 1994 movie, um, not having seen you know anything to do with it. I basically came to this movie having only known um, having only known it as a reference in Friends when uh, Joey reads Little Women and Rachel reads The Shining. Um, and that's kind of all I knew about Little Women. And so I actually was really hesitant to see the movie. Um, not cause I don't love, it's so funny. Like I know I love Greta Gerwig. I love Saoirse Ronan. I love Laura Dern. I love like everyone who's been a part of it, but I just didn't really care. Like I wasn't like super interested in it. And it was mm-hmm. actually, Um, one of my girlfriends at work who was like, Diana, like, I don't know what you're doing. You have to go see this movie. Like it's the best thing I have ever witnessed. And I was just like, okay, I guess we'll go. And, uh, could not have loved it. I could not have loved it more. Hmm. I, I get a similar boat. I, I don't know where I was in my youth that I didn't read it and didn't see the movie, the nineties movie either. Um, So I, in a similar vein, didn't have a relationship to the film. You know, I love that we're coming in as experts now with no (laughs) prior background knowledge to this. Yeah, I'm like, do we have any right to be talking about this movie tonight? But, you know, it doesn't matter. But I will say, you know, I was excited to watch it because of my love for Greta Gerwig. And it's interesting. I have a lot of, like, kind of thoughts about the direction of this film and it, it, it's, there's a lot of little nuances that I think are kind of fascinating. So I'm excited to talk about it because yeah. I also, but I, but like as a blanket statement, I thought it was a beautiful film. Um, I thought it was like a real journey. I thought it was a, a total escape 
and the cast was phenomenal. Um, I it's I'm excited to talk about the nuances though. Um, well, let's start with the direction of it because I think that you know the author of this movie is definitely Greta Gerwig, and I mm-hmm. think that like it's important that it's important people know that like she changed. Some of parts of it are true, more true to the book than the 1994 version. Some parts of it she completely like embellished and like made it her own thing. So um, I don't know. I feel like knowing Greta is like such a big part of reading this movie in a way. Yeah, I felt like her humor really came through for me in totally. jokes that I feel like just totally landed. And there was such a humanity to that that I thought was like very enchanting and just felt like her in a lot of ways. Hmm. I feel like I felt that too. Like in the dialogue, um, with Joe, I feel like Joe was very, um, almost like Francis Ha in a little bit of a way. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I found myself kind of wondering what it would have been like to have Greta play this character. Um, and I know that it's not totally the right age, but I kind of thought there was something about Sorsha's portrayal of Joe and again I don't have like the deep knowledge of it that felt a little bit I don't want to say one dimensional but I felt like it wasn't as complex maybe as somebody who is a bit quirkier would play it Mm. do you know what I mean It, it almost felt like she was a little too I don't know. Sorsha's just so beautiful. And I found that kind of the character of Joe, which is this like wants to be this spinster. I almost just like didn't believe her. Oh, interesting. in, In some of the ways that she was like expressing her independence because she's so beautiful. And I kind of was like, if she had been a little bit more quirky or do you know what I mean? Like when a woman who, uh, uh, if if I may, like when we think about a Carrie Bradshaw uh-huh. or a Carrie, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker is gorgeous, but she's not like a traditional beauty in a lot of ways. There's like an oomph about her. And I think because Sorsha is so traditionally beautiful, I almost didn't believe that whole kind of vibe about her. Does that make sense? I kind of want to explore it a little bit more. Because I think it's like, I see what you're saying, but I totally thought that Sarah Sharonin was like the embodiment of Joe and mm. what Joe should be. Yeah. Um, like, I loved that she was like pretty and all these things. Like, I think it just kind of like fed into like. It's not even about the fact that she's like pretty. I'm not trying to stereotype her in like a gender way and say, oh, if you're beautiful, you can't be independent. But there's something about, I think, just her as a person that didn't feel like it filled out the whole space. Oh, interesting. What do you feel like it was like, what do you where do you feel like the lack was? Where do you feel like it wasn't that believability for you? I don't know. I I wonder, too. I would love to chat about um, Tim. What's his what's the our leads actor's name? Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Laurie. I'm wondering, too, if it's their chemistry. Like if that also was a dynamic of it. Do you know what I'm saying? I was obsessed with their chemistry. 
I no, I I'm I I agree with you. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I don't get that she's not in love with him. Like I don't believe that. Because they have such great chemistry. And I was like, am I carrying into Ladybird energy? Like, am I dipping toes into other like do you know what I mean? When she says at the when we have that reveal at the end that she's not really in love with him, I was like, is she just saying that because she wants to keep her independence? Because it seems like she's very in love with him. Oh, see, I didn't get I the whole movie. I feel like she doesn't put out the romantic vibe at all with him. Mm. And I feel like, and I was reading like this is not an original thought. I was reading an article on BuzzFeed in prep for this and there's always kind of this space left for Joe um, that per- perhaps she's bi or mm. perhaps she's queer. And it's that difference and that like her, you know, kind of inability to just like do what everybody else is doing and get married and follow suit with what her sisters want and like kind of fall in line with expectations of society is because she's not straight. And so it's like the relationship with Lori is kind of, and I think that Greta um, gave more space to this than previous iterations of Little Women have, but she kind of wanted to create more space for, you know, she loves Lori as the kid she grew up with, but it's not there for her. And maybe it's not there for her because, um, you know, she doesn't want to be with a man. So then why did they... I guess to that vein, though, I feel like the energy that she gave to Frederick was the exact same as the energy she gave to Lori. Mm. Like, I didn't see her, like, being Twitter-pated with Frederick and being like, oh, no, this is how I'm really going to show my affection. I'm really going to show up in a romantic way for this other person who's, you know, challenging me intellectually. I didn't see any kind of difference in her kind of, like, boyish charm to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't I mean, really get, like, I wish either you're right and she would have just, like, not had a romantic partner at the end and filled that more. Mm-hmm. Or we could have actually seen her get, like, a little blushy. You know, because until, like, the end, the fake ending, basically, where she chases him out the train, we really don't see that at all with him either. Yeah, I mean, I think because it's not there. Right. For her. Like, we don't see it because it doesn't exist. It's, like, completely put on women that they have to pair up with men, like, regardless of how they feel about them. So I think that, like, you not feeling it is, like, a little bit the point. But I don't think it was about... I I don't know. I think maybe if they would have stuck that landing a bit harder. Because I do think the end having him show up at the house. I don't know. I guess there is such a blurriness to, I don't know. Is that the message that I can be alone, that the work is enough or is the message just that this wasn't the right person and I'm not in love with them because I felt like that was a big theme of the film. Even with her sister, it's like, I'm not going to, you know, take that engagement because I'm not truly in love with him. Like being in love seemed to really matter to this film and what that means and how that's defined. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's, it's a core theme and what does it look like to love yourself versus what does it look like to love another person? And what does it look like to love the work versus what does it look like to love your family? 
I think love is like love in all of its forms is such a central theme to like these women's lives and navigating it is like so complicated. Like you have Amy who's like in Paris becoming a painter, but really just wants to like marry a wealthy man so that she can be taken care of. I loved Amy. I loved Amy. Oh my God. Amy's like, Amy's a whole force of nature. Oh, same. A hundred percent. That monologue she delivers is exceptional. The monologue, but also just she felt very comfortable with herself in a way that, and maybe she's a closer, you know, to that character. I don't know. I just, I believed her the most, I think. It's so funny because a lot of people had a problem with her because they thought she was like way too old for it, oh, which really? I, I, which didn't bother me because as we said, I came to this like completely blind. <laughs> so I had no issues. Um, mm. I know the casting of this, I think, is very difficult just in general. Like, yeah. I think these women, the, these extraordinary characters, this extraordinary writing, it, it, they hold so much. And you're really having to play, you know, so many things at the same time. Yeah, I, it's really... This was really, a tough casting job, I think. But I think they did it well. I think they were, I loved the four girls. Um, Meryl was great <laughs> in her Meryl way. Um, Brilliant. And... I just have to say, I mean, I know we're here to talk about women and all the incredible space women take up in the, in this movie, but Timothy Chalamet is a goddamn movie star. And he totally reminded me of a young Heath Ledger in this movie. I totally Mm. thought he was like 10 things I hate about you level of leading man. And I was like, this is exceptional. I loved him in this movie. I agree. I think he was really great. I I'm having a weird problem with him and Joe for some reason that like totally isn't clicking. And then his relationship then to Amy, I found to be confusing. What, how did you find it confusing? I guess, you know, we could feel a little bit of that. You could tell the whole time she loved him, you know, we're constantly getting looks, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, I didn't see him, like flirting with everybody. I kind of felt like his emotions were really reserved for Joe. And so, and she was, Amy was kind of just like the little sister kind of vibe. So then in Paris, when they had that whole conversation and the, and then, you know, marriage, I was like, what? (laughs) I, I really didn't see it coming and I was super confused by it. Um, and I didn't totally, it didn't totally feel in sync. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Like, I, almost... I wish we would have seen him like wink at her. Like, you know how like an older brother could like flirt with you a little bit, but be like, you're just like a kid, you know? Like, I wish we would have seen him like give it to her a little bit more. So that like giving a space that there's some kind of, I don't know. It seemed like he just totally ignored her and then all of a sudden was like, yeah, I'll marry you. Yeah, I would agree with that. I kind of wonder if people who have read the book kind of got, like, if that was a nod to people who've read the book. Like, Greta didn't purposely give a lot of space to him, like, giving a wink and a nod to Amy because he, because, like, we know that's where it's going anyways. So he wanted yeah. to, fo- she wanted to focus more on his relationship to Joe. But I think, like, that's I don't know. He's, he's such a, like, he's such a boy in a way. And he's so, like, he's, like, a little vain and he's a little bit, um, he's very Chuck Bass. 
He's very Chuck Bass, except not as maniacal. No, but has um, that charm, I mean. Yeah, and I think that Amy does too. And like, I think that she kind of wants to be in high society like him. And she wants, she likes to be in like gorgeous clothes and she's in Paris. And like, there's kind of this like elegance to Amy that's mm-hmm. like very different than Joe. And so I think that I, I agree with you. I think that when he's like declaring his undying love for her in Paris, I'm kind of like, whoa, what? Like, <laughs> am, I, am I seeing this? But then I'm like, I can see why he's now flipping and like why she suddenly seems so attractive. Yeah. I mean, I wish maybe that they had given her like and him a moment where he was kind of like, oh shit, like I see her now, you know? And I think in the books, I guess um, the author didn't want Joe to marry Laurie. And so I think the Amy thing threw fans off and I think was kind of this left turn that was kind of abrupt. So I wonder too how much Greta is, you know, we're along for the ride and this is what the ride is. Yeah, Um, totally. I just would have liked to see, you know, Lori's character, you know, be like, oh shit, like I get it now. Like I see her in society, like. I can see this, like, she'll play the game with me. Because that was the other thing, too, is he was kind of like, this isn't who I am. I don't want to grow up. He just never really had that moment where it felt like, oh, their relationship is going to click now because he's, like, ready to take over his grandfather's business, be a man, go in this direction. Yeah, I almost wonder if that's the social commentary aspect of it is, like, no one was ready really to get married because everyone it was just what it was just something you did it wasn't something you were ready for necessarily and like I think in Amy's monologue where she talks about the economic proposition of marriage um and she says like you know if I get married and I have kids those kids aren't mine they're his property and I can't even vote and women can't earn money that isn't their husbands and like she goes on that speech about it I think it's almost saying like this is all that's like available to me. And like, regardless of who the person is, I have to do this I have in fun, order to be stable. I have a fun fact about that dialogue. Um, Meryl Streep and Greta Gerwig had lunch and Meryl actually said all of those things I to Greta know. about how she felt about little women and what that, you know, that means and what these women were like. And so it was cute that Greta just like took that verbatim and was like, oh, this would be great. Oh my God. And you really feel it. Like you feel the urgency and the intensity of it, of like hearing someone say that to you, it like comes through full force in that scene. That scene almost feels different than like any other scene in the movie. But it's interesting because with Beth's character, she says all of that, yet she doesn't take the engagement. So these women are holding these really complex, like, dualities. But because Beth had been looking at Lori the entire film with those doe eyes, you know, we could... Oh, sorry, yes. Amy, we could make space for her to, like, have that switch. Um, I just totally couldn't... I, I couldn't... Sometimes I couldn't, like, totally get on board with, like, the pace of how fast things were changing. And we were supposed to just kind of, like you said, have the backstory for it. Yeah, and maybe I that's mean, on us. Maybe like if you were a diehard, this movie like speaks to you in all the right ways. I don't know if it speaks to you in the right ways, but I do think it's like anything where it's like you just get so much more. 
it's so much more tactile because you know all the backstory, you know how it's done in the book, you know how it's done in the 1994 movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, there's layers to this. And so like that go for so many decades that it's like, I almost feel like that's like a little, probably us just not being in the loop. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will say like, I loved this movie and I loved watching the twists and turns and being surprised and you know, I feel like I'm being a little critical, but it's from a place of love because I really just wanted to like deep dive into like this process of this filmmaking, you know, journey. And, you know, we love these women that are in this movie so much. Um, so I don't want to feel like, you know, I think that there are things too that Greta just did like brilliantly, like the scenes with the four women were impeccable. I think the energy of having them all together, the warmth of the house, the lighting of the attic, you know, the polarity between Joe being there with her sisters and Joe being there alone. I mean, it was night and day that the lighting in this film was brilliant. Um, there were so many incredible moments. And I think really when the women were together, it really like shone in an extraordinary way. Yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree. Obviously I think it was exceptional casting from that perspective and an exceptional vision for how to execute you know, so many stars on screen, but to make them all feel collaborative and almost like puzzle pieces that all fit together. Um, I don't feel like anyone was like outshining the other or like out acting. Nobody was like off balance or kind of off tone. Like there was just such a cohesiveness to their performances that I thought was magical. I absolutely love the four women. Totally. Magical is absolutely the right word. I also love the scenes where the men would just like watch the women And they were just kind of like almost acting as the audience of like, wow, (laughs) like we're all seeing like the, you know, the hustle and the bustle and the energy that these women are bringing. Like I thought that was, there was something so grounding about that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I was looking at my favorite scenes from this movie and aside from Amy's monologue, um, my two favorite scenes involved Timothy, which is kind of funny because I, I mean, I just thought he was a powerhouse in this movie. Um, and he struck a nice balance to me of being incredible on screen, but not taking up and overshadowing the women. Mm. Um, I think he played off of them super well. And my favorite scene is when him and Joe dance on the balcony. Mm, such um, a great scene. Such a great scene. And Greta said it was like one of her favorites to film. And I think you can really feel that when you watch it. It just feels so beautiful and so um, magical. I just keep coming back to that word. Um, and then the I break. that. Oh, go ahead. I heard that Greta um, also was carrying crystals. She got her chart read. Um, She was, like, trying to get very voodoo on this this movie. I mean, you have to. I feel like you're, like, conjuring spirits in this movie. Hmm. Um, And I know that you've said that you were not there for it, but I think the scene where... Lori expresses his love for Joe and he's just like breaking down in front of her. I literally can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about Timothy Chalamet's face in that scene. The acting to me is just incredible. Maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe though we're on the same page and maybe I'm like, how could you not be in love with him? Like, what are you talking about? He's gorgeous. (laughs) He lives in that big house next door. He brings you breakfast. Like, what's the problem? I know, right? You can be... She can be her true self with him. I thought they had such gorgeous chemistry. Um, maybe this is like a Mr. Big Aiden thing, and I just, I, I thought that their dots really connected. 
Uh-oh. Because I agreed. I think that that scene was so amazing. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, this is it. We're going there. You know, I feel like the tension had been building in such a gorgeous way. And I thought it was like when she was like, I'm not in love with you. I was like, what? I guess oh, I, I loved it. I, I didn't see any of that coming. Uh, I just like when he's like, I'm in love with you, Joe. I'm in love with you. And she's just like, she's not even tearing up. She just like is not feeling a single thing throughout her entire body for this man. It's like she feels bad for hurting him, but she does not feel it the way he does. And like, I just was, uh, I was like gobsmacked. I thought that scene was next level. You don't have to think so. (laughs) No, I mean, I, I thought he did an amazing job. I thought, thought the acting was great. I guess I, I feel like maybe I missed the breadcrumbs there that they were just like a brother and sister. Fair, fair enough. That's fair. You know? Yeah. I think it's, Mm. yeah. I mean, I think there's like an entire PhD you could do on Lori and Joe and what the hell went wrong there. A thousand percent. Yeah. Because then part of me was like, is she just scared because she doesn't want commitment? Do you know what I mean? Like maybe it's a feeling of like not wanting, you know, to be tied down to anyone and no one could be perfect. I think I, that was like a plot line. I kind of was interested in and then I got really confused when they threw the professor back in the mix yeah I mean I think that it's an idea that she doesn't want to have to tie herself to somebody else even if it is Lori in order to be seen as valid mm-hmm. um so she's willing to like throw the fish back in the sea at the risk of like not being with anyone I totally get that. I guess why then have the professor, you know, it's interesting because we're kind of debating this on two levels, right? We're talking about the film and I'm also keeping in mind that this is from the book and I know that, um, the author didn't want Joe to get married at all and that Mm -hmm. she had to kind of introduce the professor. So I feel like maybe we're on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) With not needing to introduce them. It's, it's, it's a really interesting, like, complicated mix of, of the way you can look at this piece. Yeah, I mean, and there's also the article you sent me, um, which brings up the idea that, like, part of being a woman and part of, like, being a person in this world with agency is that you have the right to change your mind about what it is you want. Mm, and I love that... that. And that still gets to be valid and it doesn't make you a hypocrite and it doesn't make you, um, lesser than it's like an important part of growth. Um, and I think that that's a huge theme in this movie that I really appreciated because I think I've never seen, or it's been a long time since I've seen a movie portray that idea in such a complicated and, um, nuanced way. I 100% agree with you. I thought that was a really cool take. I also loved kind of the idea of maybe having your book be the one, you know, like having this final, you know, moment where instead of being paired off, you know, with a partner, maybe your happy ending is getting your book published. And I did definitely feel that um, as they kind of gave us this fairy tale ending slash next to the reality of 
maybe what would probably happen. What were your thoughts about the ending? You know, it's so funny because like I couldn't really remember the ending (laughs) until I started doing research for this episode. And Mm -hmm. the ending is something that people really are obsessed with and want to talk about because Greta did such a like her own take on it. Um, I got really emotional when Joe is looking into them, uh, sewing up the binding of her book and she looks at it almost as if like it's a baby in a nursery. Um, and she's kind of looking through that window, like gazing at it really lovingly and really like anticipatory. Um, and I loved when they like blow off the gold and it says little women by Joe Marsh. And it's like, I thought it was so beautiful and perfect. Like it moved me completely. I agree. I think the interesting thing about the ending is that you kind of get to choose your own adventure. Yeah. You know, you can either choose to decide that, you know, they're debating the ending of these gals in that guy's office and she stays single and the book is her one and only, or you can kind of, you know, lean into the idea that maybe she did marry Frederick, which is what happens in the books, but it kind of gets to be your interpretation of what you think Joe's, you know, character is feeling. And I think that Greta Gerwig did do kind of an interesting slow-mo, if you will, towards the end where she kind of does make it a fantasy and it does feel like a rom-com and it does feel a little out of context to the rest of the film, I think on purpose to kind of give you that nod that like, this is maybe what the book wanted you to think and feel, but like we know where Joe is and she's watching that book get published. I mean, I think it's funny that I even like don't even really remember or I didn't remember the other endings until again, like I started kind of looking into this because I saw the movie back in December when it came out and I only remembered her looking at her book. So for me, Mm. like that was the, that was the ending for me is like, I didn't even remember. And then I was like, oh yeah, them kissing under the umbrella and going to the train station. And oh yeah, like her in the big house with like the big picnic she's putting on and like, oh my God, I totally forgot about all those endings. Cause for me, it was just all about her getting her book. I feel like for me, the Frederick line, you know, and I just saw it yesterday. I wanted that for Joe only because when she's talking to Laura Dern and she says that line about being lonely. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. That really struck a chord with me of her really like, okay, she doesn't want to be alone. She doesn't want to be a spinster. You know, there is some kind of, you know, room for a partner, whatever that looks like. Um, So when I first saw the film, I was like, oh, no, that is the real ending. She's getting married. But then after reading more and thinking about it and, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of your whatever you want it to be. But I do think um, my favorite part of, like, you know, the crescendo, the climax is her writing in the attic. Yeah. And just, like, feeling so overtaken with, like, the Holy spirit of creating and just that, that bug you get when you're in the zone. And, and then to, like you said, to see the book come to life was just, was such a, like a chilling and like a, such a perfect depiction of like how artists chase their wild ambitions. Yeah. I want to go back to the, I'm so lonely line. Cause I think that this is a really clever thing that 
um, Greta did Mm. from a directing standpoint, a marketing standpoint, um, because the scene that you're talking about is almost entirely shown in the trailer. Yes. Except for that line. Yeah. Except for that line. And so I'm going to read out the quote because it's great. I think it's just really like a great sentiment. So Joe says to her uh, mother, to Marmy, she says, women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. But I am so lonely. Mm. I mean, it's just, it hits like a, like a punch to the stomach. Yeah. And I, you know, the first part was included in the trailer and they cut out, but I am so lonely. And it's almost this beautiful reveal and like reward that Greta gives you is Mm. like, you've stuck with this woman and her sisters and her family and her loved ones through the movie. And like, this is what it is to know people and to know their complexities and to know their like, you know, all the different ticks that make them who they are. And that line to me, because as soon as she started saying it, I was like, oh, we've heard this. Like, here we go. And it, it's like used as this feminist rallying cry in the trailer. But when you watch it in the movie, it hits totally different. And I thought that was so clever. I agree. And I wonder, too, if part of that is there is like obviously such a growth. You know, these girls were, were bearing witness to them growing up. And I think that felt like such a line somebody so much older would say. Yeah. And I wonder, too, if that is part of it, like, we're, we're having to kind of, you know, release the fantasy a little bit. I, I feel like it's something that, like, someone 10 years older would say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like... Like, I don't know if she could carry the weight of, like... She just still looked and felt to me like such a young woman. Mm. To say she was so lonely, you know? But you can feel loneliness regardless of age. You can, but I think when you're talking about... No, you're right. And at this point, she's seen both of her sisters marry off. And I think Beth has died at this point as well. She hasn't seen... She doesn't know that Amy is um, married yet. Oh, okay. This is remember she writes. Yeah, Meg has been married. That's when... Because she writes to Lori and she says, hey, let's do it. Yeah. It's after that line that she, like, says, you know, if you're still down, I'm willing to, like, commit to you because I don't want to be alone. And that does not happen in the book, is in my understanding. Little, in that little mailbox, yeah. 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 Oh, what a dagger. It's a dagger. It's a big dagger. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to give uh, some space to Meg and Joe's relationship because I think that what I really loved about this and Meg is played by Emma, um, Watson. Watson? Yeah. Um, I really loved that. It kind of showed how we support and show up for people you love, even if you like think totally different things and want totally different things in life. Um, and it's, it's a very like simple relationship. I would say like, of you know, there's a lot of complication between her and Amy, obviously between her and Lori, Um, and I think I just so appreciated how like beautiful her relationship was to Meg, like almost how quiet it was. Um, 
And I loved that Meg, you know, she wants to get married. She wants to have a family. Her husband and her don't have a lot of money. So there's kind of this question around him providing for her and if he's able to do that. Um, But to Meg, it's like all she wants is to get married and start that start that chapter of her life. And Joe doesn't relate to her at all and like criticizes her. But I don't know. I just kind of loved the way that that story was written as part of the larger story. I really liked Meg. I thought hers, the way that Greta talked about kind of revealing her character on the level of like, we know what happens when you have the happily ever after marriage. Like what happens after you get married? Like what are some of the nuances of that. I thought that was really cool. I wish we would have seen a little bit more. I agree though, that their relationship was very sweet in the way that they related to each other. Yeah. And I think it's just like also a nod to female friendships that like, you know, your friend can want something totally different than you and just be doing something totally different than you. But you know, it's like, the friendship is what matters and the love is what matters. And like, I think that Joe and Meg like really exemplified that. Yeah. It's interesting how their dynamic is so different from like Joe's relationship to like Amy and Joe's relationship to Beth. I mean, it's there, it's being a sister. I mean, I don't have any sisters. It seems like such a complicated, um, feeling. Seems like a lot. And then they don't even tell Amy that like Beth is sick, which is like a whole other layer to this whole thing. Yeah. That's a thing that happens. I was like, oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, do we have any notes on Beth? I feel like we haven't given Beth any space, but I don't have any notes on her, which I'm kind of ashamed of. You know, What's there to say? I think she played kind of like a tiny Tim character, like in a lovely way. And she was like the, you know, she felt in a lot of ways like a holy child. Like everyone was like, oh, she's, you know, the best one. She's the nicest one. She just kind of was, I think. She almost felt like a bit of a, I don't know. Tiny Tim keeps coming to mind, but there is like another word to describe the role that she like held for all of them. She almost like holds the center while everyone else is kind of going through all these like ebbs and flows. She's just like remains constant kind of in the Mm -hmm. same way Laura Dern does. Yeah. Laura Dern was so interesting. How do we feel? I loved kind of the conversation that they had about anger. I thought that was like the best. Yeah. I think that was my favorite part of the movie, that line where Laura Dern says that she's um, angry every day of her life and that she has to just figure out how to wield it and be patient. And I thought that was such an honest, because I do think we look at our mothers and we think there are these pillars that hold up the world. And then when we get to reveal their like true emotions, their vulnerabilities, there's something so powerful about it. Um, and I really loved that the way that they related to each other on, you know, things that are kind of ugly and messy and that women, you know, traditionally shouldn't show. I was like, come on, Renata, throw, throw your (laughs) fist through that window. Come on, break all the model trains. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was really powerful to name that anger, that anger that women feel. 
Totally. I loved it. I thought it was a really cool movie. I, I now I kind of want to deep dive and like read the books and see the other movies and, you know, be part of the dialogue in like a different way as like a fan. Um, but I thought it was Greta did like a gorgeous job and there were so many like wonderful moments. And this was such a fun movie to watch. And I really enjoyed seeing it. I completely agree, obviously. And I think that um, my last shout is to whoever did the costume design on this. Um, mm. I could not have been more obsessed with the clothes these people were wearing. Um, I just thought everything looked so lush and the detail and the love that so obviously went into every single piece on screen just made for such a, like an incredible visual feast. And I was just really blown away by the costume design on this one. Yeah, I think they really told the story of where we were, too. Like, I think there are so many moments where you really look to the clothes to, like, help narrate so many moments. And there's one scene where um, I keep calling her Beth, but she's Amy. Amy lights Joe's manuscript on fire and she's wearing, like, a fairy costume. Yeah. Like, she's almost like this little imp. It just, there, it was such a weird, random detail. Um, and it was actually the actress that suggested it. And it just, there's something so in sync about the way it looks and feels, this film. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Loved it. Love it. Amazing. Any Ugh. other notes? Anything else? Gosh. Um, Have I said how much I love Timothy Chalamet yet? <laughs> he's, he's too cute. He's too good. He's just too good at everything. Um, loved the scene where they're all pretending to be old men. That was brilliant. Spectacular. Um, I did scream when Freddie proposes and she says, no, I like couldn't get over that. Amy didn't say yes to him. No, <laughs> it was really a fa- like, it took me a long time. Even after him and her Timothy got together, I was like, but what about Freddie? <laughs> Come on, man. I was You're like, just like, you're so I was upset. attached to the wrong people. Yeah, you were like really chopped up about the ones left in the dust on this one. Well, you know, it's because Amy has her whole dialogue about like, I know who I am, the economic status, I'm doing this. And I believed her. And then she went the other way. What can I say? Oh, yeah. The twists and turns, the ebbs and flows. They turn and they turn and they turn. <laughs> are you uh, watching anything else? Are you what? What are you doing these days to... To stay to, sane. To, to, to sedate yourself. <laughs> um, I am still rolling with the Sopranos. Um, I'm about to start Little Fires Everywhere because I know we have a big chat, a big debrief to go through on that one. Um, and yeah, just continuing to... I'm actually not watching as much as I thought I would be, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. But um, yeah, still kind of going with the same things, but looking to start some new stuff too. How about you? Well, Diana, I started watching the Tiger King. I don't even, I can't, I have to, I'm going to start it like this weekend. I, you know, I think it's one of those things that it's hard to say an opinion because I watched the first episode and it was so long (laughs) and I was like, we could have did this in 22 minutes, you know? Um, I know. I might be out right there because you know how I can't stand a long episode of anything. You know how, like, they do these documentary series and they're like, let's make 10 of them. 
Ugh. And it's like, okay, great. Let's sit through 45 minutes of like the, like the setup of this. I know people are like obsessed with it and it's going to get better and the twists and the turns will come. My dad's like waiting for me downstairs to watch it, but I'm just not there yet. I, I can't make any definitive statements. I'm waiting for the plot to pick up is, is what I'll say. All right. Well, we'll but the characters to... are super fun, you know, crazy, crazy kids from the South. Well, I'll stay tuned. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to watch it. I wouldn't, if, unless that's your jam. I, I'm not even recommending it at this point yet. I think I have to just in order I'd rather to be a part you dive of the in on like a Real Housewives. No. What? There's too much groundwork to make up there. No, I can't. Mm. No. Maybe. <laughs> Depends how desperate I get here. Yeah. We'll see. All right, Erin. Happy Feminist Wednesday, Diana. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Bye.